0: Welcome to the Fantastic Magic Center. I'm Kent Cummins, and I'm going to share the real secrets of magic. Have you ever seen bad magic? I mean, a trick that doesn't work, or even worse, a trick that hurts somebody, or even worse, a trick in which someone dies? Well, I have. I've done tricks that didn't work. I've done tricks that hurt people. I don't think I've ever done a trick where someone died. But let's start with just the tricks that don't work. Take a card, any card, put it back into the deck, shuffle it, and now here we go, the seven of spades. No, not your card. Has this ever happened to you if you do card tricks? It's happened to me more than once. And what magicians say about this kind of situation is you need to have an out. In other words, if the audience doesn't know what the trick is really going to be like, and the fact that it doesn't work out the way you expected shouldn't necessarily ruin the whole act because you should be able to keep going, changing, the way things are i call it the what could go wrong game and i've had the opportunity to coach a lot of people in doing magic and of course i've done thousands of shows my own self i coach other people and my own self into playing the what could go wrong game with an act for example if someone takes a card and i'm about to show them that their card is inside this balloon And when the balloon pops, their card isn't there. Well, I need to have some other way to find their card. And I do have a few of those ways. And some of you may see me do a magic show someday. And I don't necessarily want you to know when a particular trick didn't work. Hopefully you'll never figure it out, because after 74 years of doing magic, I'm uh, fairly confident with what I do, but it doesn't mean that tricks always work. A gimmick can break. I used to love doing a trick called the hot book, and you open up a book, and flames come pouring out. Well, sometimes they don't. Maybe I forgot to add some fuel. Maybe the fuel has dried out because it's been too long since I set the book. Maybe the switch breaks. Maybe... I don't know. Maybe the gods don't love me that particular day. But when I open up that book and no flames come out, I just have to keep going. Are there other tricks that sometimes don't work? Well, I love doing the guillotine. In fact, one of my earliest podcast episodes was called My Love Affair with the Guillotine. And if you haven't heard that one, go back and find it. Uh, If I do say so myself, it's Quite interesting, but I have used the six foot tall French guillotine in my shows since 1965. It was inspired by the movie Two on a Guillotine, starring Cesar Romero. You can look that one up if you're not familiar with it. Sometimes it doesn't work. No, it doesn't chop off anybody's head. When it doesn't work, I pull the cord and the blade doesn't come down. It doesn't have a terribly heavy weight on it because of the way the whole uh, prop is made. When that happens, what I do is put my hand up there and smash it down with my hand because gravity, even though it's a law, sometimes fails. Sometimes the blade gets stuck and caught, and so I have to push it down with my hand. And the audience probably doesn't really know the difference. I just don't think it's as elegant to be pushing the blade down and to have it fall with gravity. But is that the only trick that doesn't work? I once did a card trick for someone, and this particular trick requires a stacked deck of cards. That means a deck of cards that's put in a particular order. I'm not going to tell you the name of the trick because even if you're not a magician, you could just Google it and find out more about it than I want you to know. But let's just admit that This was going to be my last trick of the night for a particular group of teenagers who were sitting at the booth in Gaddy Town, and I was finishing my gig as a strolling magician, and uh, they asked me to do one more trick, and I thought, oh, this is a really good one, and I started the trick, and about halfway through, I realized I never set the deck. It was an ordinary deck in, in just random order. It wasn't stacked, and as a result, The final denouement, the final dramatic ending of the trick, nothing happened. What did I do? I said, well, maybe the magic power doesn't work on this side of the table. Let's try this person. And I surreptitiously set the deck in the process. Never mind how I do that. The second time it worked, and I think they were even more amazed. Sometimes tricks don't just automatically work. Sometimes when I plan to make something disappear instead it falls on the floor and everybody sees it. Sometimes I accidentally knock over the table and all my props fall on the floor. No, I'm not making any of this stuff up. Sometimes bad things happen when you're trying to be a wonderful magician. I'm probably making it sound like this happens to me all the time. Thankfully, no. As I've said, I've done thousands of shows, and this only happens, I don't know, a few hundred times? (laughs) Now, various things happen from time to time. But I mentioned the play the what could go wrong game. And literally, what I do is I think about the show. What could go wrong? If I make a prediction, the prediction could be wrong. If I have somebody take a card and I tell them what the card is, I might tell them the wrong card. If I show something empty and intend to pull something out of it, I might have forgotten to secretly load the item in and nothing would happen. Things could fall down. Things could break. The hot book could not burst into flames at all. It could just not do anything. The game is figure out what kinds of things could go wrong and then figure out what you're going to do. I had the pleasure of coaching quite a few beauty pageant contestants. One in particular was Miss Georgetown back many, many years ago. She chose to have a showgirl look to her act. So she looked like a magical showgirl she was wonderful, she was fun to work with, she looked great on stage, and she learned the magic really well. One of the things that she did was produce a live dove. She did some magic with silk scarves and flowers, feather flowers. It was a very pretty act and very uh, magical, if I do say so myself. She and I were rehearsing before the Miss Texas pageant. You see, magic was her talent for the Miss Texas pageant. And although she didn't win Miss Texas, She did do a great job with the magic, but we were talking about the show and we were playing the what could go wrong game. And I said, what's the first thing it could go wrong? And she said, oh, I could have trouble producing the dove. And I said, no, 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 no. The first thing that could go wrong is they could introduce you at the wrong time. When you're not ready, you could still be in the dressing room, not even dressed yet, putting on your makeup. And she said, well, that would be awful. I said, do you think that's ever happened in a beauty pageant? She says, oh, my gosh, yes, it has. I said, so if that happens, what do you do? Do you rush out in your underwear and start doing the show? Obviously not. Do you scream and cry and give up? Hopefully not. You know, what is it that you're going to do? Okay, let's say that that doesn't happen. What's the next thing that could really go wrong? She says, Well, I could have trouble producing the dove. I said, No, no, no. The next thing that could happen is you can be completely ready and the music plays and it's the wrong music. This happened to my friend Ray Anderson, the rather famous magician who works at Esther's Follies here in Austin, Texas. He was doing one of his very rare appearances at a magician's convention. And he was starting his show the same way he started it back then at Esther's Follies in an act that he called The Robot. He puts himself into a frozen position. And in this case, the stage was about four feet high. And he came out into the audience to do the robot part. He's ready. They announce him and they start. I think it was Rick Walker's music. It was somebody else entirely. It was not the music that the robot was carefully choreographed to. What do you do when something like that happens? Well, he had to do the robot act to the wrong music. And Rick Walker had to be furious because they were playing his music for another magician. I asked uh, the beauty pageant contestant, I said, uh, you know, what would you do? And she thought about it and says, ah, you know, in that case, I'd probably just have to do the, the, the act to the wrong music. I'd have to adjust. That wouldn't be as good. I said, No but it would be better than just screaming and crying and and giving up. So what's the next thing that could go wrong? She says, well, it's probably not producing the dove. I said, no, you could be introduced at the right time. They could have your name right. The right music could play. You stride out onto the stage. Your high heel breaks and you fall down, flatten your face and smash the dove and kill it. "Ah, That would be awful. Right. Has it ever happened that a beauty pageant contestant has fallen down during their act? Uh, Yes, it has. All right, if that happens to you, what are you going to do? Well, I can't do my regular... I, I don't know. What should I do? Oh, I just turn it into a comedy act. I'd have to, because at that point, everything is going to look ridiculous. The point is, if you know what you're going to do when something goes wrong, even though it may not be as good as what you envisioned, you're going to just keep going, and the audience would rather see a comedy magic act that's really kind of stupid but but, but funny because people are having trouble with everything than they would see somebody cry and run off the stage. That makes audiences very uncomfortable when they sense that the performer is uncomfortable. And so if you fall but you know what you're going to do, then you're still comfortable, you're still confident, and you immediately go into what you had planned, the what could go wrong game. Jugglers are great at the what do you do if something goes wrong game, because frankly, jugglers are likely to drop a prop sometime during their act, no matter how much they practice. Maybe the follow spot is in their eyes and all of a sudden they can't see. Maybe they just pick up and and drop something maybe just anything could happen it's not uncommon for a juggler to drop an item and jugglers know that and so they figure out what they're going to do when I was a fairly new juggler a teenager I uh, juggled three super bounce rubber balls of different colors and occasionally I would drop one and if I could I would immediately go over, slap the ball that was still bouncing, not very high, but but just bouncing, losing its momentum on the floor, and I could slap it with the sole of my foot. That would make it bounce up into the air, and then I could bring it back into the pattern. Now, it didn't always fall so neatly that I could do that, but when it did, audiences cheered because they, th- they recognized that I had made a mistake, and yet I had recovered it gracefully. I know a lot of club jugglers who will drop a club on purpose, although the audience doesn't realize that, and then pick it up and kick it up with one foot. And that looks really, really cool. So at a circus, before a particularly dangerous trick, you'll notice that the people usually miss it a couple times on purpose. It builds suspense. And audiences love to see entertainers who can overcome problems. What they hate is entertainers who lose confidence and get unhappy while they're performing. My friend Michael Lamar tells the story of target practice, I guess you might call it. It's been a long time since I've heard him tell the story, but as I recall, people were driving out in the country and they saw a barn that had a, several targets on it. And the targets each had an arrow in the bullseye and they thought, wow, there must be a really good archer living in this farm. And so they stop and they find the farmer and ask him, he says, oh yeah, it's my son, my, my, my young boy. And so he brings the young boy out and he takes his bow and arrow. And the people think, wow, could, can he really be that good an archer? That's incredible. All those arrows are right in the bullseye. And so the young boy pulls back the string and lets the arrow fly, and it lands somewhere on the face of the barn, nowhere near any targets, and the farmer goes over with a can of paint and paints a target around the arrow tip so that there's one more target with an arrow sticking right out of the bull's eye. The point to this story is, if you don't know what the target is, then you can fool people about what you're doing. And the way that applies to a magic act is, if I don't tell you exactly what's going to happen, then when something goes wrong, the audience doesn't necessarily know that it's gone wrong. They may think it's part of the show. If you're a circus performer, it may be part of the show, part of how you build suspense or build excitement in your act. But if you just are clumsy and make an occasional mistake, knowing exactly what you're going to do when you make that mistake, well, that can endear you to the audience. Murphy's Law has not been repealed. As you probably know, Murphy's Law says that anything that can go wrong will go wrong. But it seems to me that even things that can't go wrong, you think, still may go wrong from time to time. If you're going to do hundreds of shows, or even dozens of shows, the chances are very good that at some point, something is going to go wrong. I was talking about the fact that I'm a juggler, and that jugglers often drop props. I remember the first time I ever performed at Esther's Follies, the famous comedy troupe in Austin, Texas. And this was even before Ray Anderson became their leading magician and star of the show and a choreographer, and a producer, and a director, but point is, there I was doing a little bit of a juggling act, and the reason I was doing a juggling act is that something had gone wrong for Mario, who was their regular juggler. He had been juggling, wasn't paying attention, and fell off the stage and broke his arm. Because of that, he heard my story of the bungling jugglers, a story for another time, but he knew that, uh, He could bring me up on stage and we could juggle together using one of his arms and one of my arms. He brought me up from the audience as though I were just an ordinary spectator. And the audience was thrilled when the two of us juggled together and then felt tricked when they found out, oh no, I really am a juggler. I took all the props and started juggling them. And I went into my regular act. And at that time, my juggling act closed by juggling three eggs, real live raw eggs, and tossing them one at a time into the air and catching them in a aluminum pan. Uh, for you magicians it's called a dove pan. Well for you non magicians it's called a chafing dish, I think. An aluminum pan, anyway. Then I put lighter fluid into the pan, I light it, there's fire, I put the lid on, and when I lift the lid there are three rubber chickens, and I juggle the three rubber chickens. And I do this while wearing a chef's hat and If I do say so myself, and I frequently do, pretty nice ending to a juggling act. Nothing terribly difficult. I'm never juggling more than three items, but it's fun, it's different. People don't usually think about you juggling raw eggs or rubber chickens, and so this is good. And I tossed an egg into the air and caught it in the pan, and I tossed an egg into the air and caught it in the pan, and I tossed an egg into the air and missed, and it splattered onto the floor. Now, it wasn't a tragedy. I had a kitchen towel as part of my props because I had played the what could go wrong game. Certainly one of the things that could go wrong is an egg could break on the floor. And so I knew what to do, and I cleaned it up as best I could with the towel and then uh, changed the two eggs into three rubber chickens because pulling out two rubber chickens and juggling them wouldn't have been a good ending at all. (laughs) Shannon, the woman in charge of Esther's Follies, had a dance number coming up next, and she was not happy that there was a slippery spot on the stage. Ah, sigh. Anything that can go wrong will, at some point, and some things that are so well-prepared they can never go wrong, will still go wrong sometime. There are lots of magic tricks that require invisible thread, And again, if you're not a magician, I'm not going to tell you what those tricks are, although you might be able to guess sometimes. But occasionally that thread will break. And when that happens, the miracle that was happening doesn't happen after all. And I remember one time when a fairly well-known magician now was doing a trick like that. And when the thread broke, he threw the prop off stage and stomped off. Uh, this is not playing the what-could-go-wrong game. If you're working with thread, the thread might break. And if you're working with something sharp, that something sharp might hurt you. Now, we call this episode Bad Magic, and what I've been talking about is playing the what-could-go-wrong game because, let's face it, magicians do interesting and sometimes very intricate and difficult things, and they're amazing when they work. They're kind of foolish sometimes when they don't work, and so it's important for those of us that are performing magic to have outs, to have things to do when things inevitably eventually do go wrong, and sometimes when things go wrong, somebody gets hurt, and I have enough of those stories probably to fill another episode, so... This week's episode, Bad Magic, Things That Go Wrong. Next week, let's have some even worse magic. Magic where people get hurt. See you next week. I'm Kent Cummins. Join us next time for more tales from the Fantastic Magic Center. And if you'd like even more information, well, join us on our website, fantasticmagiccenter.com. Kent cannot preserve the secret legacy of magic without your support. Start today by going to FantasticMagicCenter.com and clicking the red Join Our Patreon button.